G'day, it's Anthony James here for The Regeneration, speaking to you from Nigana country in the Kimberley region in the far north of Western Australia. In last week's episode, I mentioned there are a couple of significant new developments about to roll out with the podcast. With much gratitude to those listeners who've gently been at me to do this, there is now a Patreon page for The Regeneration, offering another way you can support the podcast and a way it seems that many people enjoy supporting podcasts. I hope you'll find it that way here too. The other big news, and partly in anticipation that you'll find it worth supporting, is that the podcast is now going weekly. To tell you the truth, I've always been reluctant to increase the frequency of the podcast in this era of infobesity. There's just so much information out there. But to cut a long story short, in addition to feeling that there are just so many terrific stories we could do with hearing more of right now, I've also been feeling increasingly that we still need to sway the balance out there. More in favour of the news we really need, rather than the news we still tend to get. You know, it's interesting that as I'm telling you about these developments, I feel some of the emotion of what's held me back from them for so long. Mostly, it's been the intensive time around Dad's illness and dying. But not just that. Some of it is what I've just described about the news and some other things. So I wanted to share some of that journey with you here. Some of why I'm doing this, what's coming on next, and just how you can become a patron of the podcast and what it means. Of course, if you don't have time for this or might already be supporting other worthy initiatives to your capacity that's all good. Please feel free to listen to as much or as little of the podcast as you like. Or perhaps you just want to cut to the chase and become the podcast's first patron. If that's the case, chime out now and go straight to the website. The link's in the show notes to this release. Just follow the prompts from there. But I hope you'll stick around for this. I tend not to talk about myself much in the podcast. Dad really did either. But in later life, I was glad he did more. So in that spirit, firstly again, massive thanks. I guess when you start something like a podcast, especially one dedicated to the regeneration of life on this planet, no less, you hope it goes well and contributes something. But I couldn't have imagined the extent of regeneration going on around Australia and the world, the openness of my guests to sharing their journeys, and just how many of you have tuned in. As I mentioned last week, since starting the podcast four years ago, listenership has doubled and even tripled year on year. There are now thousands of listeners to each episode, plus those on a couple of radio stations picking up the podcast. And with that has come the wonderful support of 20 donors, 10 of whom have committed to treasured monthly support, and a few to extremely generous gifts. Thanks to you, this podcast has been able to make it this far. And you've shown me that a listener-supported model for this podcast is possible. My hope is that the Patreon page will offer a way for a broader base of listeners to support the podcast at whatever level you can, to shore up its viability and enable it to keep going. Thanks again to those of you who've also given me this feeling by requesting and even pushing me a bit towards launching the Patreon page opening up a way for more people to be able to support the podcast by joining a community of listeners contributing as little as a few dollars a month each to ensure the podcast can continue. 
It's been something I promised you I'd act on, and finally it is on. When I was eight years old, I used to love writing stories. Mostly about ghosts, actually, not sure why. But by the time I was in high school, it was as Tim Winton described in an earlier episode. My palette of colours had diminished. I'd forgotten about those stories. In fact, for the best part of 20 years, I forgot about those stories. I can thank music, and particularly the rock band I was in through the 90s, for awakening the spirit again. Cheers, brothers. And just as we called it a day, by pure chance, I met my old mate and mentor, the late Professor Frank Fisher. He inspired me to write again, and this time with the new understanding of how stories shape the way we think and live in the world. About that time, late on a freezing Melbourne winter's night, replete with hail and sweeping rain, my car slid off the road and bogged miserably. I dug myself out, but on returning home soaked and sullen, I resolved to act on something I'd been thinking about for years. I'd had enough of feeling like daily life was too consumed by money. That my upbringing had been shaped to make as much money as possible. That our economy and culture had been shaped to make as much money as possible. And that the cycle of spending and earning in that context had little meaning I could make sense of. So I decided to head to Central America with an enormous dose of naivety and a vision. Could I find a place where daily life was free of that cycle? To focus directly on the most meaningful life I could live. Helping people who need and want it in a beautiful place, learning other languages and worldviews. Basically offering whatever I could to a community for food, lodging and care. Well, it was far from a straight line, of course, but Fray Bartolomé de las Casas in Guatemala became a loved home for a few years. And the people there taught me so much. I still think about you guys every day, and you fed so much into what I'm doing today. There are many stories I could tell about that time, and perhaps still will, but of most relevance right now, the good folk there and I developed some big picture creative educational and music programs. And just as I left, I helped give a nudge to the creation of a community radio station. All towards how we shape society, economy and culture anew. Based on what people actually value most in their place. Living the real value, rather than getting lost in the symbols of value, like money. In many ways, one particular project was a pinnacle experience. It went by the nickname Despepsi Coca-Colization, or Depepsi Coca-Colization. I'd seen a prominent female journo in Guate write a piece with that title in the national press in my early days there. Years later, the local council and colleges had joined me in an effort to attract resources and training for those schools to integrate education for sustainable development, if you like. Making education more relevant critical and empowered. It was wonderful. Each group of students passing through the program would ultimately paint a mural together, expressing their visions of culture and development. And those murals were painted over the top of the Coke and Pepsi propaganda that had saturated their educational spaces. And by the way, for little more than a basketball and a lick of paint. Anyway, nearby towns started to ask for the program. 
I was even surprised to be in receipt of a Prime Ministerial Award back home in Australia for services to the international community, and from John Howard, no less. I could see a pretty rich life emerging with the people there, but I had a nagging feeling too. While I believed completely in the work, the overarching narrative, the bigger story of development and progress, was working against me. And worse, my presence there unwittingly reinforced that fact. Because for all the work, I was still the white Western male who could offer my services for nothing, quote-unquote. Of course, I was receiving so much, but nonetheless, many of these people hadn't seen the sea, had families scattered to all parts of the country and to the north to survive, and certainly had no opportunity to do what I was doing in my country. For all my intent, I felt like just by being there, I was actually adding weight to the story that the Western model of development was the model. Of course, it's true to say that model enabled me to be there doing what I was doing, but we increasingly know so much of that is based on colonial extraction from countries like Guatemala. And even then, what for? It's also true to say I left my country to be with them. They gave me a wealth of meaning, understanding, connection and purpose with their beautiful part of the world, and now with mine. As I felt compelled to return to the so-called first world, where the story of development and progress is made, where the benchmarks and assumptions are set, and where I felt like more people like me were needed to recreate them, ultimately for the benefit of all away from the unsustainable extractive model to what Kate Rayworth describes as a regenerative and distributive one. I practice writing about this and speaking about it and then hosting public dialogue about it. Over a 10-year time span back in Australia, those conversation events went from 50 people with a couple of hecklers to two to 300 people with a quality of engagement from punters that often had me feeling transformation at play right there on stage. Ultimately, with some wonderful people, I hosted a dozen of those bigger events, attracting a total of about 3,000 attendees, while I was writing, speaking, teaching and creating courses and workshops, all of which had A, become exhausting, and B, reminded me of a radio show I'd once thought about, where guests would speak of their transformative journeys, and yes, with reference to music. And this could happen with much more freedom, far more frequently, with far more widespread access, and with far less overheads. By this time, podcasts were a thing in the world. So with the help of some mates, I gave it a crack. In its second year out on country, the podcast started to grow legs. It's also when I met Damon Gamo, maker of the brilliant film 2040. And when we shared how overwhelmed we were at the amount of regenerative stories out there that just weren't being told. At the same time, I had listeners saying, why don't we hear about these things? Well, this is where you hear about them, as well as through a growing number of others sharing these stories now. And while I've been reluctant to load you up with yet more information, I took note that as audience numbers grew, whatever I did put out was attracting more listenership. People were increasingly asking to hear more and to hear from particular guests. And while I've experimented with a few different formats over the journey, 
a number of you have told me that the conversations are the most valued. On top of all that, a number of inspirational and influential guests have said to me that what I and others like me are doing is vital, as the traditional media outlets can't seem to do it or do enough of it, an algorithmic or so-called social media. Well, that's got another agenda entirely. Then Tyson Yunker Porter reaffirmed with me the meaning, consequence and vision in this sort of podcast media, as the new campfire. I knew by now he was right in saying that people want more of this. Dialogue, yarning, in and for the moment. So this is one way I'm trying to step up my contribution. But I won't be loading you up with more of what you already hear on The Regeneration. The current fortnightly releases will roll on, and the alternate fortnights will feature complimentary episodes, often of as little as 15 minutes. They'll include brief updates with some regular guests from around the world, shorter stories from wherever we are on location around the country. There's just so much good stuff happening. Reflections with elders, special archival releases, parts of other recordings and work I get up to around the country, excerpts from older episodes, and some real fireside chats, like with an actual fire. If we can, we'll also continue to dedicate more time to getting out on country with people. With a slow travel model and my wife's complimentary health services, sensing the stories that country and communities are wanting to share. If you feel that's worth backing in, please do jump on board as a patron through the new Patreon page. Like community radio stations, where listeners subscribe to keep the station going. Only in this case, you subscribe directly with independent creators, including podcasters like me. Which in this case, of course, fits hand in glove with the spirit of everything the regeneration is about. Communities coming together in closer relationship with each other to seed the world we'd prefer to live in. In that way, aside from the vital financial support, obviously, I'm looking forward to connecting with you and connecting you with each other as a group of supportive listeners that most believe in the value of what's happening here. And what do you do on this Patreon page to support the podcast? Quite often, creators have a range of tiers where the more you pay, the more benefits or rewards you get. I've opted to make this as simple as possible. Just one tier. One point of access to become a patron of the podcast. Again, it just felt most consistent with the spirit of it all. With explicit values of equality and access, one community, no elaborate reward system. After all, those of you who've been suggesting I set this up have just wanted another way to support the podcast. Just keep doing what you're doing, you tell me. So this one tier will be priced really low. My hope is that almost everyone who feels like supporting the podcast will be able to, by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. And if you can and want to contribute more than that, thank you very much. Just choose a custom amount that feels right to you. And where the benefits come in, to the extent you want them, is where we can connect with each other as a community of supportive listeners, together going about our best next holistic steps towards enabling the regeneration of life on this planet as the new norm. As a patron, you'll have access to exclusive behind-the-scenes posts from me, with some photos, short videos and things, along with general updates, invites to gatherings when we're in your city or town, discounts to events when we can have them, occasional gift offers, preferential consideration given to your guest nominations, being part of a brilliant community 
it's sure been incredible for me. And of course, you get to feel great about helping to keep the podcast going. And if you happen to be wondering, like a listener who got in touch recently about supporting the podcast, g'day Michael, how much work goes into an episode? Short answer, days. Each episode is the product of hours of on-location or online recording, production time with arranging, editing and mixing, on top of the research, scheduling, online updates, licensing, photos, music, and inevitably technical problem solving when devices fail or recordings don't go as planned. So becoming a supporter of the podcast not only supports the material costs of hosting the podcast, like web hosting, podcast feed, data storage, software, hardware and other technical overheads, but more significantly sustains the hours of human labour that go into producing each show. And of course, it keeps those shows free of ads, admission fees and other barriers, distractions and extractions. It's probably worth mentioning the pandemic in this context too, in that as that emerged, all the other public stuff I was doing, facilitating courses and events, guest speaking, etc., stopped. Which meant the podcast assumed more importance in my life and to my livelihood. Mostly, I've been focused on the former. It's value to you as a listener. Like the mates I used to tour with in the 90s, and I can hear my wife chuckling from here at my mention of the glory days, it was all about the music. Well, in the last 18 months or so, my life has become increasingly about the podcast. So I set myself to continue making as true and meaningful a podcast as I could, with our commitment to getting on location with people. Wonderful partners to the podcast, Grosco Lab, have even stumped up further support to brand the van my family and I get around in. And that's already leading to some terrific encounters. Momentum is growing in the restoration and regeneration movement, we're seeing and hearing it from so many different and respected guests on this podcast and elsewhere, and it sure needs to. So I look forward to contributing more momentum to this, continuing to visit people on country, exploring how they're going about their work, and how we can all come together in business and politics, rural and city life, farming and conservation, economies big and small, law and reconciliation, systems of all kinds. Weaving these systems together in a more artful tapestry and restoring the full palette of colours to human and other life. The Patreon page launches officially on Monday, but it's live now so I can make sure it works. So please head straight over and become one of the first patrons of The Regeneration. You can find your way there by heading over to the website at regeneration.com forward slash support. That link's in the show notes. From there, just follow the prompts. Of course, if you're an existing donor to the podcast or would just prefer to donate, you can still support the podcast that way, either via PayPal or direct transfer, once off or monthly. Launching the Patreon page just offers a complimentary platform for people. My hope is that between donations, patrons and the wonderful in-kind contributions of partners and all the sharing of episodes you do, that the podcast will be able to keep going and maybe even continue to increase its listenership and contribution. I hope you'll support me in it and that you'll enjoy joining me and other listeners on the journey as a patron or a donor. With my great thanks, you'll be helping to keep this independent podcast going, ad-free and freely available, to share more of the stories that are changing the stories. 
the stories we live by and the systems we create in their mould.